Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. We have crowned an NBA champion. The Denver Nuggets are the national champions of the National Basketball Association, taking down the Miami Heat in a gentleman's sweep. Nikola Jokic named MVP. No surprise of that. After putting together a somewhat historic performance in the NBA Finals, definitely statistically one that people will remember for a long time although the games weren't necessarily as exciting as one might like. It's the right check mark now next to the box next to Jokic's name that he now has, along with his several regular season MVPs, a finals MVP, and a finals championship. There's a lot of stories that go with this, despite people not really wanting to talk about the Denver Nuggets. What did you make of their run to pretty easily, in a sense, run through these playoffs, take care of the Heat in five games, and shocked the world in some senses. It's weird to say the Denver Nuggets are your champs in the NBA. We are happy to be back with all of our fans and friends, and of course me with you, my great partner. But the biggest part of all of this is the old report finally got one right. The Nuggets in five was the prediction here, and believe it or not, it just goes to show you that if you keep picking your seat sooner or later, you can find a place to sit. Uh, I finally got one right. And, you know, in terms of shocking the world, uh, I don't think so, uh, big fella. This was expected. This was no surprise. This was the best team in the West. They were consistently one of the best teams in the league all year. And they were the best and most consistent team in the postseason. And it wasn't close. It was not close. They were solid throughout in the West. The most exciting series, and we say this, of course, subjectively, of the entire postseason, even though only went four games, may have been the Lakers and the Nuggets. Because even though it was a sweep, it was four very exciting down-to-the-wire games. Whereas in this other series, you had blowouts, you had routes, uh, you had ugliness where teams couldn't put the ball in the ocean, like game four of this finals where the Nuggets got it done with downright dirty, filthy, and I, dirty, I don't mean that, you know, cheap shots or anything like that, but they had to get down and dirty because they couldn't put the ball in the basket from either the field. And at one point were nine for 19 from the foul line. And this is a very good free throw shooting team in the regular season and throughout the postseason. And until those last few trips to the foul line, they were pissing away the title from the foul line, nine for 19. But the point is this was in no way, shape or form a surprise. Uh, They were clearly the best team. In their first round win, a lot of people loved the Suns. They disposed of them uh, after a 2-2 start when the Suns won their first two at home. Uh, they took care of them in six. And then, obviously, they polished off the Lakers in four in a hard-fought series, but they were the better team. They were the deeper team. They were the team that made the big shots. They were the team that made the big plays down the stretch. And their big two was consistently better than the Lakers' big two, and that even though Anthony Davis played pretty darn, not just pretty darn well, he played great in a, in a good chunk of those four games. And LeBron was uh, good, but not great, especially at crunch time, he was not good. And Jokic was terrific. And you want to give the edge over AD, that's fine. But, you know, he played, he played terrific, uh, as did AD. But Murray was better than LeBron and the supporting cast, even though Reeves played well and Achimura played well, they weren't as impactful as, for example, Aaron Gordon was in one particular game or as Michael Porter Jr. was uh, or, or as Bruce Brown off the bench was. They played the way a championship team usually plays. 
their stars got it done when it was most important and when they didn't or when they needed those quote-unquote other guys, the supporting cast members, to make a big three, get a big rebound, knock down two big free throws, help get a big stop, make a big-time defensive play, make a cut to the bucket for a layup, get a big-time offensive rebound to keep a possession alive, get down on the floor, and win the, I love this one, the 50-50 ball, the 50-50 ball, which isn't always a 50-50 ball, by the way. Usually somebody's got an advantage getting on the floor first or an angle, but regardless, they call it every 50-50 ball is one of the, the favorite terms of art, along with off the bounce, et cetera. Uh, downhill, he's going downhill. Lon Green's going downhill. Tough stuff is going downhill. Last time I checked, the, the, the court is even. There is no, there, there's no hills. Did they change the court? They changed the court, Big John. So it's still a flat surface, isn't it? I wish they would because I would have had a lot easier of a time running downhill. Exactly. Up your, and down size, it. <laughs> at your size. But there, there's, there's no fucking uphill and downhill. And let's get that straight once and for all. Uh, that's the narrative that everybody loves to go with. And I say that tongue in cheek because that's another one that drives me nuts. But the point is, they were the best team. Plain and simple. And they got to play a pretty good team. Not even the best team in the East, which was either the Bucs or the Celtics. But you know, they beat the Bucs, who fizzled in the fourth quarter of games. And we're just never quite right. Not Coach Bud's finest hour. Jimmy Butler going crazy. And they, they, the Heat beat a Celtic team after they knocked off the Knicks which was a pretty even series. You know, I, I figured they would beat the Knicks. But it, they, they beat a Celtic team that was clearly better, but is flawed and wants to play based upon analytics. The Celtics, you know, when asked in the post-game press conference if his team is too reliant on the three, their young coach simply snapped back, no, and that's their problem. They are too reliant on the three. There's only one team that's won a championship shooting threes. That's because they had some of the greatest three-point shooter of all time and one of the greatest offensive players of all time who could shoot threes and another damn good three-point shooter in Clay Thompson. That's it. You don't win shooting threes, and especially when you aren't great three-point shooters, which the Celtics think they are, but they're not. They got two, one great young player, one really good young player, who loved to shoot threes, along with Marcus Smart and 57-year-old, you know who, uh, you know, the senator just won't go away, the big fella from Florida who loves to sit out there, all right, and, and, and take nothing but threes. They love it. And instead of going to the rack or posting up or running their offense and cutters and pounding the glass and wearing teams out inside and kicking for the occasional three, all of which Denver does, by the way, that's how you win championships. But they want to chuck and duck. They want to chuck and duck. They want to dribble. They want to get sloppy like they did against the Heat. And what is the Heat made up of? We know. Those non-drafted players, those you know, nuts and bolts guys, along with Super Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, who shows up when he wants to. And Bam, who's, who's really a terrific, young, solid, improving player, but not a superstar and not quite big enough. You know what? He has to go toe-to-toe with Jokic. So they won their one game when Denver fell asleep from three, giving too many open opportunities to Miami. But then Denver got back to it as per their coach's marching orders. And basically, you saw what they did. They took away the threes. Of course, you're going to hit some now and again, and you're going to have some, you know, you're playing another pro team, of course. They're going to get open now and again off of screens and pin downs and in transition. But for the most part, they limited and restricted really the only way that he could beat them by knocking down a high percentage of open threes which they did in game one or game two, excuse me, when they made 50% of the threes and a lot of them were good open three-point opportunities because of some sloppy defense, because of transition, because of second shot opportunities. Once they cleaned that up, 
And they said, that's it. We are going to prevent you from getting open looks from three-point range. Beat us from two. Beat us in the mid-range. Beat us and go into the basket. We can defend that. Why? Because we're bigger. We're bigger. We're stronger. We will defend without switching, without having to worry about weak side help and causing kickouts for open threes. Because we're bigger and we're stronger and we will dominate the glass. They'll make the shots when they have to. They'll hit the occasional threes. Gordon will post up and beat the hell out of whatever little guy switches off him, whether it's Vincent or whoever else. Michael Porter Jr. will knock down some threes or get some big rebounds when needed. Bruce Brown will come off the bench and get it done. And KCP will do exactly what he did for us. He'll defend. He will deny the three on the off. Commit a few too many three fouls on three-point shots, but he will defend the three. He will defend various players, including Jimmy Butler. He will get offensive and defensive rebounds. He will run. He will knock down an occasional three, and he will be an Ironman, like he has been in this league uh, and played as many minutes as anybody in this league in the last five six years. And they're well coached, and they stayed healthy. People forget about that. They stayed healthy. They had their full complement. So no surprise to me. The old man finally got one right. Nuggets in five, as expected. Those who were surprised just don't get it. And they just don't. Those who don't understand Jokic, they still don't get it. He's not good looking enough. He's not black. He doesn't jump high enough. He's not smooth. He looks like a clod. All right. You know, he doesn't jump out of the gym. He doesn't speak fluent English. He's not cool. He won two MVPs, which he never should have won because his team never did anything in playoffs. Well, they went to the conference finals in 2020 against the Lakers. Then Jamal Murray was hurt, so it was pretty much him. Remember, KCP wasn't there yet. Uh, Bruce Brown wasn't there yet. Michael Porter Jr. was hurt all the time. So it was pretty much a one-man show when he won those two MVPs. But people like our good friend Nick Wright, who I love and is incredibly bright and has a great sense, especially for the NBA, calling out how can this guy win MVPs and when they're not going anywhere in the playoffs. You know, it is a regular season award. It's not a postseason award. It's a regular season award. So it's not supposed to take into account how you do in the playoffs or championships. It's not supposed to be decided after the fact. You decide it after the season before the postseason begins. And they got in the postseason all the time. He didn't win the MVP this year. He shouldn't have. I thought it was Embiid's. He properly won it. Now, he's performed in the finals, not just in the playoffs, but throughout the playoffs and in the finals. And he's got his two MVPs and he's got his championship and his playoff MVP and his finals MVP. And I was right with the world as far as I'm concerned. And he's the new best player in the world after Giannis's short-lived tenure as the best player in the world. So no surprise for me at all. Michael, don't call me Mike Malone. Inebriated at the parade today, which as one should be. Really unrecognizable. Sunglasses, hat, big chain around his neck. You have no idea. This was a coach of any team. Nonetheless, the Denver Nuggets just won the national championship, but good for him. Spew your Laker hate, wear it on your T-shirt, et cetera. Like we have this huge rivalry against the Denver Nuggets who have just popped up on our radar this year, this season. Beat us for the first time ever in a series. But like, you know, speak your shit. You can, obviously. You've won the championship. Do whatever and I'm, like. a little, I'm a little disappointed because Coach Malone is my most famous client. We'll get to that in a minute, so go ahead. Right. Spout your stuff when you've won. You've earned the right to do that. I think you're taking unnecessary shots that don't need to be taken. Just enjoy what's going on. Don't have so much hate in your heart for something that was seemingly pretty easy for you to do. One of the things he said, though, today was, let's run it back. We're bringing this <laughs> shit back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't go ahead. Go people ahead. know how we feel on this show and what has been said about running it back, how hard it is to do and how maybe unwise it is to do to spout that, Let's run it back. Same guys, same team. Let's go. 
They had a lot of great help from their bench. They had a lot of great help from their starters. They had a lot of great help from guys that weren't just Jokic and Murray. We know what happens, though, when you get a little bit too cocky about running things back. You struck gold and lightning with so many role players this run. Whenever you needed a moment for it to happen, somebody had one ready for you to go. Jeff Green. And it was still Jeff ugly Green. in some of the instances. Like, the games were still... We'll get to the heat of score a hundred points for me, please. Can we just get to three digits in 2023? A lot of it was the defense. I understand, but some of the shooting from the nuggets some nights was what's happened. Why are we watching this? He wants to run it back. Is he wise in saying that Al? Maybe it was the alcohol talking today or was he right? He was, he was already saying we're not satisfied. Remember at the podium. Look, how many times have we discussed this? You know, uh, I was probably the first one to say it. I'm going to toot my own horn because we didn't say it six weeks ago or six months ago. We've been saying it on this show for, what, 37 years? It, 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 the Tampa Bay Bucks wanted to run it. The, the, the Chiefs wanted to run it back. The first Super Bowl. How'd that work out? You know, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks wanted to run it back after the Super Bowl with Brady. How would bring everybody back? We're going to bring everybody back, and we're going to run it back. How'd they do? The Milwaukee Bucks wanted to run it back uh, after they won it in six against the Suns. How'd they do the next season? Everybody. And, oh, you don't want to run it back? The Rams. The Rams wanted to run it back. Remember that? How'd the Rams do last year? How'd, how'd the Rams do? Everybody wants to run it back. It's hard enough to win one. The only team who's run it back, obviously, is Golden State. And they couldn't run it back when they came back and won 73 games. They didn't run it back. They blew a 3-1 lead. You could say Draymond blew the 3-1 lead. Whatever the point you know, of, of order is there, they blew the 3-1 lead. So the team that won it came back and won 73 games the next year, and they couldn't run it back. They finally ran it back when, after they came back, they brought in arguably the best player on the planet, this side of LeBron James at that point in time. And I think without a doubt, the best offensive player in the world, in Kevin Durant, to go with the Splash Brothers in their prime. And they were able to run it back. And then when they went for the third in a row, obviously, the injury struck, and that took care of that. Toronto didn't have a chance to run it back because Kawhi Leonard left, so they really never had the opportunity to say, let's run it back. The Lakers wanted to run it back, but uh, they got hurt. Not that they said anything about running it back, but they got hurt. And then we wanted them to run it back. We wanted them to <laughs> management had other plans and let's and we'll then, see how and that then, worked you know, they, they traded away a championship team for Russell Westbrook. And then 2021, the Bucks were anointed champs, the best player on the planet. Giannis gets his two MVPs and now finally has his championship and he's the new dominant player and they're going to win championships, chips, chips. Another one I refuse to say. You young guys, chips, chips. You got to get a chip. How many chips you got? Are you in the chip? Are you in the chip? Uh, we call them titles and championships uh, in old school, old, old old report lingo. We use real words. And what happened to the Bucks? The Bucks came back and uh, and blew a three-two lead against the Celtics. And Middleton was hurt for a good chunk of the season. Down they go. And then it's, you know, Golden State taking one more run at it against that Celtic team that just loves to shoot threes. And next thing you know, they win another title, but not via running it back. And now we have the Nuggets, who, of course, uh, like all those before them, want to run it back. And remember, all those who spouted that have failed. We'll see what happens. As we just alluded to, one, it's hard enough to win one now you got to go back out next year with all the pressures of being the champs, with the target on your back. You got to stay healthy. You got to worry about contracts. Who's coming back? Who's not coming back? Whose head's gotten a little bigger? Who's not getting the ball enough? All right. 
who is not quite satisfied with their role, who's nicked up, all right, who's getting a little lazy, who's not in the same shape they were in last year, you know, and who's just flat out and out hurt. All the different elements that go into winning a championship get that much harder when you're trying to win a championship again because it, it, it's hard enough just to stay healthy for two consecutive years. I mean, you know, we, we talk about load management and these guys need to play, but, but it is hard to stay healthy in a, any sport for an entire season when your body is on the line. And yes, they have the best doctors. Yes, they have the best trainers. Yes, they have the best nutrition. That's all the best conditions. And we want them to not be namby-pamby and be maulers and ironmen and go out there and play hurt and, you know, shake it off, and, you know, tape it up, rub some dirt in it, no matter what the sport. But the point is, it, it's hard to stay healthy for an entire season and a playoff run. And remember, as we've seen so many times with our Laker teams in the past, and all, all teams that go to the playoffs and into championship playoff runs on a regular basis, you are playing that many more games than everybody else. The deeper you go into the playoffs every year, we know all the extra games that LeBron James has played over the years and the wear and tear with the extra rounds, the extra games in the postseason. He's played a couple extra seasons uh, with all the games he's played in the postseason, as my Lakers of the 80s did when they went to the finals every year. That wears on the body. You're playing more. You're playing that. You're not just playing more. You're playing more intense, incredibly competitive, physical, kill or be killed games. It weighs upon you physically, of course, and it weighs upon you mentally. Now, this is only going to be their first year coming back from winning a championship. Obviously, we know they want to run it back. It's a long way off for next season. And I will be in a heartbeat, but uh, we'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll see how the, what kind of start they get off to. If everybody stays healthy. And you know, we'll see how they do. They're running it back. Right now, I'm just being content and happy that you got a title. You won a championship for the first time ever in Denver's history. Because I go back to the Denver Rockets. Old report goes back to the ABA when I loved the three-point shot because it was a nuance. Even the guys who could really shoot just didn't come down and gun threes. There were big guys. There were great big guys. And they were originally the Denver Rockets of the ABA. And then they changed their name to the Nuggets. They lost in the championship series to the then uh, New York Nets and Dr. J in the last year of the ABA in a fabulous six-game series. They had the great David Thompson, Dan Issel, Bobby Jones, and Dr. J almost single-handedly beat them. When I say almost, he had some help, uh, but they beat him in six, and then came the merger where the Nets and the Denver Nuggets and the Indiana Pacers and the San Antonio Spurs were the four AB teams to merge into the NBA. So I go way back with the Denver team. Always liked them. Uh, always fun to watch. So kudos to the, the Nuggets and their front office and their coach, Michael Malone, my most famous client, and his beautiful wife, Jocelyn. I represented them when they bought and sold their co-op in White Plains in my complex. When he was an assistant for the Knicks, I'm sure he wouldn't be able to pick me out of a lineup. But coach, let's calm down, all right, with this and the franchise of record, all right? not just the Western Conference, but when it comes to the postseason and the playoffs, there's one team that's been there far more than any others, and that is our Los Angeles Lakers. Also wild, the Nuggets were the first team to win out of the West that wasn't a team from California or the state of Texas since, I think, 1979. It's been 40-plus years since a team not in California or Texas has been that the representative be, folks, of the West for, for your young kids out there, the since moved to Seattle Supersonics, uh, who moved to, you know them as the Oklahoma City Thunder. RIP to the Supersonics. So it's not even easy in that regard to get back out of there from the West. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. 
He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Now, of course, running it back, if you have Jokic, if you have Jamal Murray, you're pretty happy about having those two guys as the starting point to run it back. It's a great twosome. He's a wonderful player for the ages. And look, Murray is how he has been an all-star. Obviously, he's been hurt, but we saw how good he was in 2020 throughout that entire playoff series when they came back from 3-1 twice. And he was wonderful in the conference finals against the Lakers. The Lakers had enough guys in KCP and Danny Green and Caruso to throw at him defensively to wear him down a little bit. And these other teams could not do that because he's bigger, stronger, younger, better. And he had some stinkers of games shooting-wise. You know, he had a couple crappy games against us shooting-wise, but when push came to shove, uh, he was able to make the big play. And he was able to make the big plays in this series, even when he didn't shoot well, he still hit big shots. And double digits and assists. He's becoming a better and better playmaker. He's becoming an ultimate combo guard who can both score and distribute. He makes some mistakes. You know, he, he leaves his feet a ton of times uh, and winds up making these wild passes up to the three-point line where it looks like there's nobody open. And all of a sudden, just before he hits the ground, he finds somebody to fire at 40 feet too, uh, you know, on the other side of the court. Uh, I'd like to see less of that. But the point is, he's a wonderful player. They're a great combo together uh there is nothing better than having the terrific guard and the terrific big guy it's a combo that wins championships as simple as that and we know better than anybody you know with magic and kareem and back to to west and, and will uh, magic and kareem and kobe and Shaq and, and you know, even kobe and gasol um it's a it's, you know you got that combo tough to beat one guy handling the ball other guy in the post and in their case, they can have the big guy handling the ball because he's unique on that front. And the fact that they you know, they give the ball to him lots of times, let him bring it up, which is unlike really any other thing we've seen before um, for, for a guy of that size and, uh, and that strength. Just don't be satisfied, Denver management. If you want to make moves and bring in new pieces to build around those guys again, feel free. I don't think you're going to lose sleep over having to let really anybody else go. I mean, you'll miss them, but it's not the end of the world. And after some of the nights that we saw during the five-game stretch and even a little bit throughout the postseason, they can obviously make improvements. You always can continue to make improvements. But you have those two guys as your pillars. You're in some incredibly good shape to try and win this again. Despite, as you mentioned, the greatest player in the world seemingly did not have a care in the world when it came to winning this NBA championship. He was, after the game, first thing he did was go congratulate everybody on the Heat. Barely any celebration, no jumping up on the table, no jumping in teammates' arms. Let me shake everybody's hand. Thanks for coming out and having a good night. Okay. Then they're doing the trophy ceremony. He's all the way in the back, just like waiting to get the hell out of here. Post game, we have to. We have a parade. We got to go to now. I got to wait here till Thursday. I want to go home. That's it. It's over with. All through these finals, whenever people have talked to him about what does this mean for you to win a title and how does it feel and all those stupid cliched questions that aren't really questions, they just hope that the person getting asked knows how to answer them. He's basically been like, "Hey, man." I've got a great family. They support me. I've got a great life outside of basketball. Like, this is work. We're coming to work. Not everybody loves work, but it's what I do. I'm really good at it. I enjoy doing it, but there's more to my life than this. Winning the MVPs has been great. Winning the finals MVP is grand, but I'm good. Once the whistle blows and the confetti fell, I'm I'm okay. I'm going to go home and I'm going to enjoy my life. I mean, for some fans, they're probably not enjoying that conversation. Like, it's really, that's a real conversation. It's a real thought. It's wise in a lot of senses. But if you're a basketball fan of the Nuggets, you're probably like, hey, dude, can you be a little bit more excited for us? 
maybe get back in the gym, make sure we're ready to go next year. That's another thing to keep in the back of your mind when it's let's run it back. I mean, hey, man, he won one. He might be good. <laughs> he might be good. Why go kill yourself for 82 games? You know, that might affect seeding. Who knows what happens? when the dust I don't settles. think they have to worry too much about, you know, his desire uh, to win. And you know, he, he's always ready to play. He's going to punch the time card every day. We know can, that. He, and, he, and he continually gets better. That's the thing. And he plays. Look, people don't like it because, as I said before, it, he doesn't look pretty. It's hard to look pretty when you're, you know, a, a seven foot white guy who looks like a combination of uh, Rob Gronkowski and, and Greg Ostertag. Uh, but he is a unique talent and he has got a great mind for the game. And it's, it's you know, it, it's not just a question of you can't just think it. You know, you have to think it and do it. His reactions are extraordinary. His, his instincts are wonderful. His ability to move the basketball almost instantly after it touches his hands uh, and also get, and get it back. You know, some guys are black holes. You throw it to him, you never get it back. He will find an open guy and he'll get it back. The, the ball is in and out of his hands quickly when the opportunity for a basket for others is there. But he also has the ability to use his size and his strength and, and play bully, bully ball, old-fashioned bully ball, which you know I love. If you're the biggest guy out there, play like it. Get in the post and back people down and bang them. You know, who is better at than Shaq? He lived in there, and yeah, he got hacked and pushed. And shoved. But Shaq was the biggest guy. Well, if you're the biggest guy, the best place to be is on that block, right, in the banded area with the basketball in your hands and making people defend you, double teams, hacking, bumping, bodying, uh, so you can either get a close-in shot for yourself or a dunk or free throws or pass it out to somebody off the double team to get an open shot for either himself or the next person you know, on the swing. And, you know, <clears throat> he has the ability to do that from anywhere on the court. And then he's got, you know, the extraordinarily feathery touch from wherever he shoots the ball. You know, whether it's five feet or 25 feet, it goes up soft. Uh, the further out he goes, it comes down wet. And, you know, he, he, he'll take a big three in a big spot. If you don't cover him and the ball swings to him and he's wide open from three in a big game, he'll take the shot and he'll make the shot. And it's without hesitation. And, you know, it's that big one takes it back over and said, no, he's not going to make that, is he? Nothing but that. He's an extraordinary player. It just doesn't look extraordinary. You know, and that's what we fall in love with. We love aesthetics. We love the guy who looks good, who can run fast and jump high and you know, go up, jump up to, you know, above the square, block shots, dunk over his head, make the the, you know, the chase down blocks. You, know, but you don't have to do that to be great. What you got to do is play great and get everything you can out of what you got. And nobody gets more out of what he's got which is seven feet and what was he about two seventy? What do you guess? Two sixty-five, two seventy. Yeah. And his footwork is wonderful. His understanding and knowledge of the game and spacing and placement on the floor is it's off the charts. And you see it when he plays. If you can't appreciate that, then you just you know, you, you don't care enough about the game that you're talking about. All you care about is the fact that you know he's on somebody else's team. He's not mine, and he doesn't play the way I want him to play in, in, in terms of whether it's athleticism or – I mean, there isn't a skill he doesn't have. He's a great ball handler. He's a great passer. He's a great shooter. So th th that, that's the three-pack on offense. Handle, all right, passing ability, shooting ability. Finish around the rim with either hand 
No, he, he doesn't jump up and touch the top of the glass and bring down change. You know, that's not the way he operates. That doesn't mean he's not an all-time player. Now, I'm not going to start ranking him. Enough of that. He's won one championship. His team has won one title. He's got two MVPs. Let's stop with the top five all-time centers. Where's he ranked with the all-time players? Let's calm down. But he is truly a great player, and he needs to be appreciated for being a great player and leading his team to a championship. And let me just drop in in case folks don't know or they've forgotten. He's 28, by the way. I'm 33. He's 28. Something happened in the echelon of our DNA. 28. His birthday's in February. It's not even like he's turning 29 in, in the summertime. My goodness, has he got many more years left if he stays healthy and then also if he wants to play them. It was interesting on the heat side of things. They weren't expected to get there. They were appreciated for getting there. Heat culture, et cetera, going crazy Jimmy. over Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, play off Jimmy. Play off Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy was a ghost in the NBA Finals. Let's, let's have some real talk. People were saying these won't be that highly viewed of a finals because it's the heat and it's the nuggets. I don't think they were at least for me highly viewed because the heat stunk. I mean, game two, when they won and were hitting 50% of their threes, it was this bully ball of Jokic in the post, just banging it on the court. Boom, boom, layup in the post. But then they were countering with threes and they couldn't miss. And it was like, they'll be fine with him shooting these twos. If they could keep making threes. Because for you math majors out there, a three is better than a two. You thought, if they're going to shoot like that, Miami might win this thing again. Well, <laughs> that quickly came to a halt. As you said, not only did the Nuggets defense ramp up, forcing them to beat them inside, he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, and their role players were like you or I out there. Ophers on nights. Ophers. At least get one, man. You luck into a three now in the NBA. Ophers. D'Angelo Russell asked Kevin to sit there after the game and throw up 300 more for practice. Ophers. Oh, my goodness. And then really nothing from Jimmy Butler. I don't know if it was the ankle. He said it's fine. I don't blame really injuries too much. If you're out there, you can play. To me, at least. I mean, the one three he took in game five, he got so high off the ground, he could kick Aaron Gordon in the groin. How bad's the ankle if you could jump that high in a jump shot? Simply, simply one of the worst calls of my lifetime. And the fact that it wasn't reversed made you stop and think, could the fix possibly be in right, That's That was exactly the slow motion video of, okay, they want this to go six games. There's no other I mean, explanation. They're giving them every part. That first of all, that was a brutally officiated game you know, in favor of the Heat. That was a terribly officiated game. Uh, all the calls went in favor of the Heat. But regardless, that one was so ridiculous. I mean, it, he was given a place to land. They didn't take his landing space. You could, it's, it's natural for him to, kick his leg out that and by the way, kick the guy in the kick your Aaron Gordon the crotch. I'm sorry. That's just that's an outrageously bad call. And the fail to reverse it is simply inexcusable. It's inexcusable and it's unacceptable right. in the NBA finals. And that was his little run for the entire game. And yes, he had that nice little run where he scored about eleven consecutive points. Uh but then down three uh, he takes, I thought, an incredibly poor three, which looked like just you know a bailout shot. Uh, took it too quick. There was no need to take a three. You could take two there and then, you know, go to the basket, try and get a bucket, try and get fouled, and play the the, the foul game because remember they weren't shooting their free Which you've well. done. We saw you do that against the Celtics many right. a times. Drive to the basket, get fouled, and one momentum so I really swing. Thought, I really thought that was a surrender shot. And, look, I, I hate to go back to, again, 2020, but I talked about this at the beginning of this series. 
he wore down against the Lakers because I thought, like this series, it was a bigger, stronger team. And the bigger, stronger team, the Lakers played a number of guys on him, including when it was really important to shut him down, AD, who, as we know, can guard anybody when the time comes, which he did. And I thought this year, again, remember, it was a long postseason. Yes, it was only five against the Bucs, but there were five games which he had to put forth a lot of energy, you know, as, as we know, scoring, you know, over 50 in one game, um, sat on a game against the Knicks with the ankle, beat him in six, seven against the Celtics. I thought he would wear down, and I thought he wore down against a bigger, stronger team. There's a lot for him to do, and he's a really good player, a really, really good player. But, you know, again, I'm a hard marker. You know, to me – to be a great player, again, we talk about it. You got to play great for four games in a seven-game series and help the team win that series. And he didn't. He didn't against the Lakers. He didn't in this series. He's a very, very good player. But he's not a great player. He's not an all-time great player. Very good player. And he's got a really good guy that he's playing with, you know, in BAM. Bam is is a, is a good partner. He'd be a better partner if, if Butler was great. But Butler at times plays great. But to be great, you got to play great more often than Jimmy Butler does. Or you at least got to play very good more often than Jimmy Butler does when he's not playing great. And that's the problem. And then, of course, he had the big turnover at the end, which you know to me was simply a... a aspect or I should say result of him not shooting the ball when you went in where he went go and shoot it if they if they breathe at you they'll probably call a foul right Panic. but said he goes in he stops he pump fakes like he always does they don't go for the pump fake reverse pivot now he's trapped now he's double teamed where's a guy can't find a guy they rotate everywhere you know in KCP comes up with the big steal which I mean you want to call it a steal I mean you know, all he had to do was catch the ball and threw it right to him. Uh, if he didn't catch it, hit him in the face. But that was a terrible play, and I understand. Lots of great players have made terrible plays. See Magic 1984 in Boston Garden. But you know, Magic had already won two titles and won in college. Uh, this guy hadn't won any, and I don't think he's going to win any. That remains to be seen because we don't know if they're going to run it back. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see who they bring in in the offseason. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. What are your thoughts on the heat for next year and changes that, remembering that they did not have uh, – Tyler Hero, how much of an impact do you think that had on this series? And what do you think they will be doing for next season? Will they be with or without Tyler Hero? Because he's probably the best trade chip. That is true. I mean, they definitely can't roll out three quarters of these dudes and be happy with it. I mean, you're going into a game five of a finals, just throwing stuff at the wall and praying. Max Strauss, Gabe Vincent, Kevin Love are in your starting lineup for the night in 2023. You get nothing from Duncan Robinson, really. You have to play Cody Zeller a minute. He's still in the league. Kyle Lowry still sits next to Jimmy Butler in these press conferences, and you're still confused why that's the guy sitting next to you in these press conferences. Where's Bam for these? Get your two best players up there. I mean, you're looking around. Maybe Alonzo Mourning is somewhere. If you're scoring 93, 94, 95, and then in the last game, your desperate last breath of the season, you drop 89 points. What is it, 2,000? Couldn't believe it. But then also could because the guys that they had to put out there, I mean, what are you going to do? If they can't make their lucky shots, that's it. 
I mean, you go out there and, and bring in anybody you can at this point. There'll be heat culture, and we can develop these guys. And we'll get Oladipo back, and Tyler Hero was a big piece we didn't have. Whatever. I mean, go out and get whoever you want. But that as it I currently stands, gonna, I, I no way. I, I think they're going to try and make a push for Lillard. I don't know if they can do it. I don't know if they can put a package together under the salary cap restrictions and restraints that can be a match. Obviously, Tyler Hero would have to be part of it. I can't see them trading Bam because he would be the first guy I would want. Right. Uh, but if you trade Bam, you know, it, you know, it, it's one step forward, one step back. So, you know, the goal is to try and have you know, the big three of Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and, and, and Bam, which I think would be formidable. Absolutely. I think that could be uh, certainly contend for the, uh, you know, the Eastern Conference title. But so much is up in the air right now. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Philly. Uh, are they going to try and bring back James Harden? Is he going to go to Houston? Uh, you know, Boston has their own issues. Are they going to run it back with everybody, including the coach? It looks like the coach is going to be back. Are they going to bring all the players back? Uh, is Brown going to be traded? Are they going to look to upgrade somewhere? They still have got, obviously, the great nucleus of, uh, of Tatum and Brown. Him and Marcus Smart is a contributor. White played really well for them. Of course, they have the ageless one. We'll run it back one more year with him. You know, old Al Horford. <laughs> Jesus. Who Justin and I make fun of. All my son and I make fun of him all the time. Every time we manage him, we attack out about seven, eight years to his age. He's 57. He's 63. He's still shooting nothing but threes. Jimmy um, taunting him during that series was the best. Yes, it was hysterical. Unfortunately, that energy couldn't out. carry over to the finals. Jimmy ran, Jimmy ran out of gas for the taunting. Again, he didn't be, he didn't he didn't properly load manage. Too much energy spent yeah. on the taunting. Not enough coffee. Twenty dollars worth of cup that he's trying to still exactly. sell out. Exactly. Yeah, it's Java gonna Jimmy. it's gonna be crazy in the East. Java Jimmy. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, what, where is where is Bradley Beal gonna go? Rumors about possibly the Heat being interested in him. So you know, that's another, uh, you know, big time player that could change, uh, could change residences. Where is Kyrie going to wind up? How about Kyrie and Pat Riley? How's that for me? Can, can Kyrie change the, can Kyrie change the heat culture? No, Kyrie <laughs> wants to stay in Dallas and he wants LeBron to come with him. Come play for the Mavs. Me, yeah, you I'm and sure. Luca. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll happen. That'll happen. Uh, there are absolutely zero chance of that happening for, Salary cap, selection, collective bargaining restrictions, as well as the fact that uh, how exactly would they acquire him from the Lakers? What are you going to offer me? It would have to start with Luca. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy that you wanted to join with, I think, would yeah. be the piece that would make it happen. That it happen, and I don't want Kyrie Irving on the Lakers. So. No, <clears throat> but it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens. You have Toronto, Fred Van Fleet, who's a very good player. Is uh, is opted out uh, of his player option, so he's an unrestricted free agent. Gary Trent Jr., who now you know I love, and I would desperately love to see the Lakers get. Um, I believe we're waiting. I believe he's opted out. Uh, he's a really good player, uh, you know, good three and D guy. Uh, who knows what's going on in Phoenix with DeAndre Eaton? Supposedly, you know, he's persona non grata. They've we don't know if they're parting ways with uh, the other, the, the, the oldest man in the West. Al Horford's the oldest man in the East. Chris Paul's the oldest man in the West. Um, the off, uh, always injured in the postseason, still without a championship. The point clod. Uh, where's he going to wind up? More rumors, obviously, always rumors of, of guys going to the Lakers. But do, do we really have any interest? Do you have any interest in Chris Paul in, the, in a Laker uniform? I don't. Yeah. 2009 was that when that all fell apart? I thought it was 2011. 2011, got, whenever David when Stern said, we, "No, when no," we got, when we got hosed in the trade, yeah. yeah, that's when I had a ton of interest. I'm yeah. sure that wouldn't have changed the course of NBA history at all. Yeah, Commissioner Stern cost us more championships. Yeah, wasn't interested. There will be yeah. a ton of moving pieces this offseason. There's already 
so many different trade proposals and who's going where's already, and the finals just ended. They're just having the parade today. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna so be wild. But if there's be. a team that could say run it back and try, Nuggets are in a pretty good shot to do it. It's just gonna be the odds against you that all those role players stepping up in all those moments when they needed to in the postseason is going to happen again. Right. But could use another guy. bigger thing is health. It's always about health. always health. Cause you know, the, the caliber of the players there and you know, on the other aspect of it, you know, I think Michael Porter jr. Is going to get better. You know, he, he's still a kid. He's still finding himself. You know, he's been playing through a lot of injuries. He's finally healthy. And if he stays healthy, I think he is going to be, better for this team. I think he's going to be more of a weapon offensively. Uh, will Murray continue to, to improve at, as an all-around player and stay healthy? Aaron Gordon is a beast. He gives you exactly what you need at any particular time. He's a solid player. He's a great fit you know, with Jokic because he's big and he's strong and he's physical and he can defend a lot of different you know, positions on the floor and he's unselfish. And you know, KCP, we love him. We know all the things he can do. So you know, the pieces are, are – there's a real good fit, which is usually the case when you win a title. All, all the pieces usually fit. That's what makes the puzzle look so good. But, you know, again, to me, it's all about good health. And if they can maintain that, they absolutely have a shot to go back you know, to the conference finals again. But it's a long road. It's a long road to get there. 82 games. And then, you know, three rounds of playoffs just to get to the finals. So that all is uh, chapter and verse still to be written. And your best player is still already getting the scaries for having to come back to work. <laughs> As he said today, I jokingly said I didn't want to come here, but let's keep this parade going. What words of wisdom to live by. That's the end of the NBA season. The Denver Nuggets. The NBA champions of 2023, well-deserved, well-earned. Sorry it didn't break the television ratings that everybody was looking for, but they were a powerhouse, and they showed it the entire series. No flubs, no luck. This was the team. We'll see who can compete with them next time around. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Big sports weekend coming up, U.S. Open. Obviously, all the baseball. I will be at... uh the ballpark on Sunday with my wonderful son for Father's Day as my pathetic, crumbling St. Louis Cardinals come to town and take on the Mets. Uh, Everybody out there have a tremendous Father's Day and a wonderful sports weekend for my partner, the great John Tiny Lund. Until next time, I am El Renato AKL from White Plains. Have a great sports weekend, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.